beautiful soul. Have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that, if you do daily, are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. It's not every day that we get to have an episode on Halloween. And I ran across Ricky Mena, and he is such an inspiring soul who is really living out his purpose in just the coolest way possible. Um, so I thought that, and you'll understand why in a second, but I thought this would be the perfect episode to air today. Ricky, welcome to the show. And thank you so much for taking time out of your, your day to be here. Uh, no problem, Julie. It's, it's good to be here. Uh, so, Ricky, you have the coolest thing that you do in life. You visit children in the hospital dressed up as Spider-Man. And as a mama who had a kiddo in the hospital for um, six months and then we were in uh, the hospital for three years, I know what it's like to be in the hospital with my kiddo, to be in a time in your life where you just have doctor after doctor that you're hopeful you're going to get the right answers. And there's a lot of highs and lows during that time. Mm -hmm. I also know that there were so many kids that we were around whose parents had four other kids at home or two other kids at home and that there's not always a parent that can be with a child in the hospital and oftentimes kids are alone in there right you you really inspire children you bring them so much hope i want to start at the beginning of your story how did you start doing this Oh man, it's a long story, but uh, long story short, you know, um, I was at a rough time in my life and didn't know what I was going to do next and was just personally training people fitness wise and was getting really into fitness myself and uh, which is perfect timing to be Spider-Man, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I found myself like, you know, taking a friend up on like, Hey, you want to come sleep on my couch so you can get back on your feet? And I said, sure. And that was like, that was a rough time. And so I, I took them up on that offer and I was doing the personal training. I was, it was doing, going good. And then I had this dream, like literally I fell asleep one night on that couch and had a dream that my grandmother who had passed away about three months before that came to me and kind of escorted me over to this movie reel and turned it on. And this giant, like, movie projected into the sky of spider-man visiting kids in the hospital and um 
I was like kind of confused, like, what does this have to do with me? But I was like enamored with the video too, because Spider-Man was just, it was a giant room with thousands of kids in this room and he was just making them happy. And uh, I looked at her and said, what does this have to do with me? And she said, that is you. And when you wake up, that's what you'll do. And so I remember waking up now, you know, all my, my friends who, you know, were in the apartment, who, who owned the apartment, basically they, they were at work and my goddaughter was at school. So I was by myself. And I remember like walking over to the um, like balcony area where the sliding glass door was and looking down into the parking lot, seeing like the only thing I had of value to my name at that time was this like Chrysler 300 um, that I had paid off. And so I remember looking at that that car and this voice in my head said, you got to sell that and put the money into what the dream just told you to do basically. Yeah. And so I, um, so that's, that's exactly what I did. I mean, you know, I sold the car within probably like the next week and then got a smaller car to get around in. I bought, you know, the first suit and everything, which, which was a pretty penny at the time. And, um, I didn't know anything about dressing up or visiting kids. I never worked with kids or anything like that. And so I just said, Hey, I'm going to visit a couple kids, maybe special needs kids. Cause my goddaughter, uh, was in a dance class with, uh, um, an organization that worked with special needs kids. And so I said, you know, let me, let me hit them up and see like what they say. And they said, yeah, when the suit comes in, let us know. And, and totally that's, that's how it started. And I just thought of it as just one or two visits I was going to do. And here we are now, like pretty much almost eight years later. Wow. And so, yeah, I've seen over 15,000 kids in eight years will be, uh, October 3rd will be, uh, eight years. Wow. So, yeah. And so it's just, it's been an amazing crazy ride. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that story about your grandma and the vision that you had before um, I asked you to come on the podcast. Somebody recommended I have you on and I just said, yeah, absolutely. It felt an alignment. But we tell those stories all the time, Ricky, here on the show of how that was like a visitation dream, right? That mm -hmm. you had with your grandma. It's when our spirit kind of lifts up, their spirit lifts down, and we meet on a different plane of existence. And that was real. I believe that experience was with your grandma was like you really physically, your soul meeting up with her on the other side. Yeah. If I may add to that, like I tell people all the time that when I explain this story, because I get asked that question a million times, you know, you tell your story over and over and over again. But the one thing about that story that is kind of still chilling to me is it doesn't feel like I'm explaining a dream to you. It feels like I'm explaining a memory. Yeah. And so it really gives me goosebumps to even say that right now. And what, what's really interesting about it, even more so, and this is something I really haven't dove into with anyone else, but I feel comfortable in doing that today. But my grandma, who I called Nana, the one who passed away and came to me in a dream, um, she, when she was alive in her life, she was a person who was looked to astrology and, and felt like, you know, that, she, that just a higher connection to the world in a spiritual sense. And, 
Uh, she was into rocks and crystals and all the, and all these kind of things. And she used to talk about that stuff to me all the time. But one thing I'll never forget, she told my mom was that when I was, this is when I was little, she said, your son, Ricky, you know, he, he leaves his body in his sleep. He's a sleep traveler. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so it's so funny because, you know, like, what are the chances that like, let's, to me, it can't be a coincidence that it's just a dream. And that I, you know, it's been eight years and it's done. This organization has done what it's done. I mean, I, I really believe that she came to me. I, I feel like I'm explaining a memory to everybody when I explain that story. And I think that she was totally right that I, at least at that time was, you know, I, I leave my body spiritually when I'm sleeping and I can go to other places. And honestly, when that happened to me, that's when I, it clicked to me. I, I remember what she said and I was like, wow, that's the first time I feel like I consciously could like remember. Yeah. Remember yeah. it. And so it's very powerful for me. It still is to this day, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny while you were talking, she said you're rem remembering an experience um, mm -hmm. because it was an experience for you to go over there. I want you to know too, and everybody listening that this happens a lot during a session when you're getting a mediumship reading or an angel reading where if you are talking to a client who's a teacher or somebody who works with a lot of people, you'll see what your grandma showed you. All of those group of kids, you saw this magnitude of this group of children. You can see that oftentimes. And what your grandma just said is that's one of the most powerful things in a session or a dream that you might have because it's showing you your impact and it's showing you the magnitude of what your one lifetime here can do. Mm -hmm. And and now, like I said, you know, when I first saw it, like I said, there was, it didn't, you know, for the dream aspect, it didn't make sense at the time. You know, sometimes dreams don't make sense, you yeah. know, things don't add up. Um, and so when I was seeing the room filled with thousands and thousands of kids, like this was a room that was like just an over exaggerated, like size of a room, you know, that just, I mean, it was like a stadium sized room, but there, it was like packed, like sardines, kids just packed. And so now I think about looking back at that, it does make sense because I really have seen like, you know, 15,000 kids. And I just, I don't remember faces in the dream as far as the kids go, but I, I can only imagine that they are the faces that I did meet and I have met. And so I feel, I feel like that. Oh, 100%. And for everybody listening to, um, there's a lot of you watching on YouTube as well. Over Ricky's shoulder, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a picture of him dressed up as Spider-Man. And you said that this was painted for you. Next to you is a child who you used to visit who passed and who's on the other side, um, who seems to have like a kind of halo around them. Talk to us about that, that painting. And also, Here's my other question for you, Ricky. As you went into the hospital for the first time, I think sometimes our egoic minds get in the way, right? And your egoic mind could have said to you, well, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I don't have any experience talking to sick children who are mm -hmm. going through traumatic experiences. How did you work through that? And I'm sure kids, you've had some really powerful 
experiences and conversations with kids, do you feel like the divine works through you in those moments to say what needs to be spoken through you? Yeah. So I'll just touch on real fast. You know, I'll touch on this painting behind me, the artwork real quick. It, um, so th- it's it's right here. I think my thumbs go right to it. So that's like um, that was painted by someone named uh, Brandon Crawford. And actually, what's interesting about him is I've, I've met his children in the hospital wow. and he, he has uh, him and his wife, Anna, have two kids who are battling uh, who have battled cancer, both of them. And so, yeah, so their family's been through a lot. And I, um, he, he, that was a gift to me um, because thousands of people follow my, my story and and have over the last eight years, the little girl in that picture is a little girl by the name of Zamora Moon. Zamora Moon is just probably one of the most, uh, had one of the most profound impacts on my heart, soul, my entire existence in my life. And, um, you know, she's depicted uh, as walking next to me, holding my hand. And it's kind of like I'm leading her into the kingdom of, you know, heaven or, you know, wherever we go after this, the afterlife. And so um, and that's because I did hold her as she passed away. Wow. And I was not wearing my mask when when that occurred. And as a matter of fact, she knew me more as myself than she did as Spider-Man. Um, she was from the Bay Area, California. I flew out to London to meet her because uh, in the UK, because the United States doesn't offer a lot of treatments that the FDA doesn't approve. And she was battling a terminal brain tumor called DIPG. And it's a, a death sentence for kids. Um, there's no way to operate on it. Um, so her mom, who's a teacher from San Francisco, panicked and tried to bring her somewhere where they were doing, trying to do treatment for this. And so I went there to meet her, which is interesting because I, I'm from the Bay Area. So it's like I had to go all the way to London to meet her. But then I left and then I went back a second time. And um, I asked her mom asked me to stay for two weeks and be a caregiver. Wow. And so I was like honored to do that. And it was the first time I've ever done anything like that. And so it was the it was the I mean, it was the hardest yet most rewarding two weeks of my life to be there with her. And then when I flew back, probably about a week after I flew back, she was emergency flown home where, you know, where she resided in the Bay Area originally. And her mom asked me to come there. And I was there for her for about a week at her side as she left this world. And so that that's, um you know, that that's something that like was beautiful, but I actually experienced a lot of trauma with as well, because she's a nine year old little girl. And. You never expect to watch a child pass before you. And that's exactly what happened. But, you know, that that's what the painting's about. Very special to me. So it's one of the first ones I, I um, hung up when we got here. Yeah, it's beautiful. You said that she taught you lessons, too. What do you feel like you learned from from her? Well, when I met Zamora, she was already in such a progressed, well, I should say her tumor was in such a progressed stage that uh, she couldn't walk. She couldn't speak. Um, she could barely move her hand just enough to ring a bell to to ask her mom to turn a page, you know, because she loved to read. Um, so what I really got out of her, and this is something that I've developed over the years prior to her, but with her, it was like so special because 
I was asked to do that two weeks with her. Um, I found out later that the reason why I was asked back for two weeks was because when I left the first time in Spider-Man, I never took my mask off. And she actually like read a lot of my posts and was like, wanted to meet me. Oh. And so she was upset that she didn't get to meet me. And she actually like didn't believe it was me, you know? Wow. Um, so, but one thing is the communication, how our souls, how like a person can communicate with so much like power and passion without being, without being able to move or being able to speak a word. And this little girl like moved me so hardcore, but just, just, she would stare at me in my eyes and I'd read her stories. I watched movies with her. You know, we watched movies over and over again. You know, I would, I would, um, we would try to go to the park. We would do everything, but she would always like, just want to stare at me. And she would, she would communicate with me through, through her look. And it was very, it's just a learning experience because like, you would think that what person has one look, but her eyes would, I knew when she was hungry. I knew when she was sad. I knew when she was happy. I, I just, I knew what was going on in the depth of her soul. And um, it was beautiful because I got to see the little girl who was trapped in a body that didn't work. I got to see her soul and it was dancing. The part that was hard was that, that I knew that the world couldn't see it. And her mom, you know, it's, it was hard on everyone else. And it was hard on me too, to watch her body just kind of slowly, you know, shut down uh, more and more over time. And so that's what she taught me is just, is to look deeper for that, um, how to communicate on even a deeper scale than I had had experience with. And it's helped me as Spider-Man. It helped me after that. So she, she's just a powerful being. And I, and I truly believe that with all my heart, there's a moral moon. She moves like thousands and thousands of people online, but Zamora moon was a literal like angel that came, that came to this earth, had a very tough mission, but moved so many people. I mean, literally to this day, people visit her grave who and her grave is in a very isolated area of the Bay area that, I didn't even remember the name of the place after like she was buried and all that people visit that her grave and, and video me on, on social media all the time. And they come from all over the United States to go visit her. Wow. And I'm just so moved by that. And, and she just, you know, her, her symbol was like a bird, butterfly. And so like, whenever I see a butterfly, especially when things get hard, I'm like, okay, I got you, Zamora. You know, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. But that, that's her story, a little bit of her story. So let's go to that other question, too. And that's a beautiful story. What, a, what an amazing experience um, to get to see her soul like that. Mm -hmm. How did you learn how to communicate with kids? Did you feel like God, universe, source, angels were talking through you as kids would ask you questions. Do kids ask you hard questions? Yeah. So, you know, if I could think back to, like you said earlier, that first time that I went in the hospital, was I questioning it? Yes. 
I was questioning it a lot. Like but the first time I went to a hospital, I had already done like a bunch of visits for special needs children. And, you know, special needs kids taught me so much about like patients, you know, and just like staying in tune with like being in the now. You know, um, when you're Spider-Man, you're doing this job that I'm doing. You can't like be worried about what you're going to eat later while while this all this is going on in front of you, you know, so you got to turn everything off. And so but when it came to that first visit in the hospital, specifically in the hospital, I knew that I knew that this is what I was supposed to do with my life Um, and God, angels, the universe. I just all of it was speaking to me. And, um, just, it's like not even something that I heard. It's something that I felt. Yeah. And it was just so powerful that I could not, I could not not do this. Yeah. There's just no way. Um, but like when I'm in a visit with kids, it's always different because kids are diagnosed with different things. So for example, if I go into a hospital, roughly 20 to 40 visits in the time that I'm there, you get about five to eight minutes with each child. If you do the math, that adds up to hours and hours and hours that I'm there. I'm the type of guy that doesn't take any breaks. I want to focus, you know, and so it's all about the kids. It's, It's not about me. And so I could see in the hospital, I could see one child in one room who has, you know, who swallowed a penny and is in there, you know, and, and I'm there for that child, um, you know, cause they're scared. They're not used to being in the hospital. This is like strange. I want to go home. You know, it's, they got to have a surgery or something to get that penny out. So it's, it's still scary. You know, it doesn't sound like, okay, a penny we can, you know, it, it, they'll be fine, you know, but, but to the child, it's like, this is, this is scary. And so, when I'm there with that child, it's the same as when I'm in a child, you know, I walk into a room and I, you know, before I go in a child life specialist is like, Hey, Ricky, like this family just found out that their child has leukemia, their child's three, or this family found out that, you know, that they're going to lose their, their child's going to lose their battle with leukemia and they're 16. Wow. You know, or some form, some uh, form of cancer. And so, that's the challenge. Like every age group is different. Gender is just is different because some there's a, there's a lot that happens to kids, unfortunately, out there when it comes to abuse. Mm-hmm. And so if a male abused a child, you know, I have to be extra careful or sometimes it's not even like I, I can't even go in as a male. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and so it's just really like it's the, it's a very tough thing to do. but. I'm analyzing as soon as I hit the, the frame of the door to each room, I'm analyzing the surrounding room, the colors that are there, because maybe that gives me hints on their favorite colors, the balloons. Was their birthday? Was it? Are there a lot of balloons? Are there less balloons? You know, do they have a lot of visitors or visitors or not? Their body language, you know, are they scared? Are they apprehensive? Are they talking a lot? Because sometimes that could be a, a, a form of showing nervousness and anxiety. And so behind that mask, I'm just doing a lot of listening. I'm doing a lot of scanning the room. I'm, I'm, it's what I call the science, you know, visiting the children behind this, the, the Spider-Man mask. But it all helps me gather information to basically know how to speak to that child that's behind what we're all seeing on the surface. And we all have that. 
Like you have that, I have that. And there's that, there's that child, like, you know, you and I, we're, we're getting older, you know? And so, but we, we, we are still the child in here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the day that someone comes along, right. in your in your everyday life and speaks to that, speaks to that child, right. Strips away all the things that we had to grow up and had to be and do to, to exist and just survive in this modern world. It, it, those are the connections that you're like, wow, you know, yeah. wow that person moved me, you know, yeah. or I need to know that person. Um, and so whether it's one child or 40 kids in one visit over the span of hours, I'm going in there, I'm kneeling down and I'm taking the uh, appropriate approach based on all the information that I've gathered and I'm listening. Sometimes I ask hard questions to the kids because parents are Parents want me to kind of break the ice on afterlife talk because their child just found out and mom and dad don't know how to say it. That hey, you're gonna you're gonna pass away. And so sometimes that's my job. How do you even approach that? What do you even say in that moment? Children are just we have to remember as adults, we're thinking from our adult frame of mind. Yeah. I love this job because I get to go back and remember and put myself in my child frame of mind, really. And I'm not saying like that they're not intelligent. That is not what I'm saying at all. Like, it's more like the world is still filled with wonder, uh, excitement and colors and anything's possible. So I utilize that, the ability to you know, tap into just the wonder and just like the glory of this life. And I tap into that and I, and I use that kind of like pathway and highway to deliver that information or try to, in a roundabout way at first, like try to see if they understand, see if they're, what their initial like response is. And then I kind of go from there and, and kind of like, don't beat around the bush. Really. I, I just kind of, sometimes you just have to say, say it, but, but it's all like, again, based on their initial responses to me. And I just, I'm very careful yeah. um, because I'll tell you right now, I, I'm 39 years old. If I found out tomorrow, you know, that I had a month left, I would not handle it as well as all these kids that I've known and had to be there or deliver that information, deliver that information to have handled it. I could tell you that. And that's, what's really special about kids. And I just really wish that we didn't live in a world where this had to happen, but it does. And I don't control that. And that's kind of something I've had to work on, Yeah. but it's all about just making kids feel safe and just being there to answer their questions and putting it in a way that they could understand again, not that they're not intelligent to understand like this communication and using these big words and all that. It's just communicating on a level that they would totally understand. And they'll be least afraid of when, when, when you explain it. 
Friends, want a five-day free trial of the Angel Membership? Go to angelwellnesscenter.com backslash free trial to start your free trial today. You're not going to want to miss out on 2023 in the Angel Membership. We're adding intuitive development circles, expert guest faculty teachers, 40 new pre-recorded energy healing sessions guiding you to hear your own angel messages and content exclusively for kids. A whole year of new angel membership content starts January 1st, 2023. The angels call it a year of ease and healing the whole you, mind, body, and spirit. With topics like somatic healing and embodiment work, we're focused on spiritually healing the whole being through a journey of personal transformation. Plus, you'll get access to live events and past content. Sign up for your five-day free trial now. One more surprise, we launched the Intuitive Kids podcast early. You can now listen everywhere podcasts are found. To celebrate, we're giving away dozens of prizes in a drawing for people who leave a five-star positive review. So don't forget, leave a review of the Intuitive Kids podcast and separately sign up for your five-day free trial of the Angel Membership. We know you're going to love it. Details are in the show notes. And so Spider-Man... You know, the character of Spider-Man is just, he, he's, he's, he's a human being. Like he was a, he was a guy in the comics who, who kind of got superpowers out of nowhere. And so he's still got to hold down a real job. He's still struggling in his real life, but he goes out. And so what I'm the same guy, I, I, I struggle to pay my rent. I, I, I battle mental illness. I, you know, I like this the other day I hurt my back viciously. So I'm sitting here right now talking to you with a hurt back. Like, <sighs> and so we, I'm, I don't let, I don't show up to kids and, and display this like indestructible superhero. A matter of fact, when kids do ask me questions, nothing hurts you, Spider-Man. That's a, that's one I get all the time. And I say, what? No, of course I hear her all the time. And I'll say something funny that didn't, you know, sometimes I uh, make something up. I'll say, yeah, this morning when I was putting my suit on to come meet you, I, I stubbed my toe and, and it hurt so <laughs> bad, you know, and it's like, and they just laugh, you know, and they, but you could see them go, oh, really? So you hurt too? <laughs> and it feels wow. good, like in a weird way to know that someone that you idolize and, and that you want to be like hurts too, because all of a sudden you can be just as strong Mm -hmm. and that's and that's you know so so kids do ask questions it's that validation we all need validation we all need reassurance i think uh i don't know about you but i was the kid I was the adult. I just turned 40 um, this year and uh, who's always kind of looking around like, what am I doing wrong? What is everybody else doing better than I am or or right? And and I'm just different. And I think we all feel that way. And when you have that reassurance, wow, it gives you your superpower because reassurance, validation that you're just like everybody else, just to your point before, it gives you your strength. Like, 
okay, then I can go do anything. Because if I'm just like anybody else, then what's holding me back? I can go live out my dreams. And um, yeah, I mean, that's so powerful what you just said, because, you know, we're here eight, eight years into what I've been doing for a long time, four years in, it's kind of related to the Zamora, the little girl Zamora that I told you about, and another child I, well, who's more like an adult who I held uh, as he passed away two weeks after her. Wow. So another, um, you know, child that I was extremely close to. I started battling mental illness like out of nowhere. It hit me so hard uh, for about three and a half, four years into this journey. And so, you know, now I'm four years, almost five years into that included like included with everything i still do and you know it's not like real life stops outside outside of that and we went through a pandemic and the financial stuff is just kind of like right now it's bearing down harder than ever and so like right now i'm kind of in a place it's just interesting that you you were saying that it's because i'm in a place where like i am looking to the outside world when i never have done that before to seek some sort of validation but I will say that for individuals like yourself and myself, and I'm not putting me or you over anyone. It's not just, there's a difference. And because of that difference, I realized that I need to, I remind myself of this all the time, especially recently, that I need to stop looking into just, the world is filled with people who like, who will just get a regular job that they didn't want because you know, because life happens. I get that. And I'm not saying that there's, um, that that's something to speak down on, but I can't really seek validation when majority of what I'm seeing around me is, is something I just, I, that doesn't make me feel like me if I choose the same thing. Right. And so when I, you know, when this, the first four years as Spider-Man, first five years, I mean, my wife met me when I was four years into this and I was seven days a week. I was Spider-Man. I was flying all over the world. I didn't care about like, look, if she thinks I was crazy because I didn't even have like anything set up. There was no like a monthly donors, nothing. It was just one little GoFundMe that I never posted. And I said, I have faith people will donate to it. And they just kept doing it. So I kept visiting kids. And I was like, you know, sending families of like five and seven to Disneyland and full trips and and I was like worrying about myself, like not even at all. I can't even say last, you know? Yeah. And, and I never looked to the outside world for like any like validation or comfort or anything. I got it totally from like God, the universe, this, this incredible, like indestructible faith that I had. And I think staying moving was really important. And it kind of was just like this second nature thing. And I was a beast of like, I was just a beast that I was supposed to be for good. And I was stepping between kids and like, you know, all the negativity and the toxicity of like self-doubt and um, not being able to know what the future is and, and, and all that. And so it wasn't until I start like, I started battling mental illness. I started looking outside, interestingly enough. And like, you, you can't get it. You can't get it from the outside world. Like, yeah. why, why look at someone else to validate this special person that you believe that you are? Like, focus on yourself. This is what I tell myself all the time. Focus on yourself 
and do what's best for you and be as strong as you can be every day. And it will happen. Things will fall into place. And it's so true. And right now, my, my faith is being tested a lot because like I said, there's financial things that are going on. Running a nonprofit is no joke. For sure. For sure. I was in nonprofit work um, until I started this uh, probably 15, 17 years because I would do it in college too. Um, maybe oh, even 20. And uh, yeah, you're just kind of always trying to scrape together crumbs. When Did you know this though? This is interesting. Did you know Rolex is a nonprofit? I don't know how. I want to look into how they are, but Rolex the watch is a nonprofit. I did not know that, but it doesn't surprise me. Did you know? Did you well? Did you know that the NFL, as not even like not that long ago, the NFL was was a nonprofit. Till like how the heck does that work? I don't understand how this works. But no, it's so, just insane. Talk to me about the financial piece, and then do you have a place where people can donate? Because we'll put that in the show notes. Um, yeah. I think that there's some people here, and I just always let spirit take the wheel on this, and and they're saying put that that link up. And at the end of the day, that's okay because look at how many souls you're touching and how many lives you're touching. And um, have you ever heard of an end of life doula? No. Wait. Um, oh, yes, I have. I have. Have you? It's. I mean, it's not all that you do, but it's almost like you're doing that work with kids. And it's just you are living out your mission in every way, shape and form. And I want to empower you to not feel ashamed or scared or guilty of making this the best business that it can be for your people, because I really believe that God wants us to be able to reach the most people that we can. And that comes through building a business that really operates on all cylinders really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it, we're, we're going through a real test right now because my wife, like she just became a teacher. So she, she was like instrumental in helping me keep everything going after my friend moved and, you know, volunteers, they, uh, we have volunteers, a couple of them for years. And then, you know, you get burnt out. It's not like, you know, and then at that time we couldn't offer a, a salary because I was barely paying myself one. And so, you know, it's just been, there's a lot of things that need to happen. Um, and so we're, we're going to go through a test here because my, I haven't suited up in person in two years because of COVID and still the medical community um, is not allowing special visitors, but this coming Sunday will be my first time in person at a hospital in California. And so it's going to start back up and I'm ready for that. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, you know, my wife's not going to, she teaches. So it's like, I got to figure something out. We got to figure this out. So it, and you know, social media is making it hard. Like I said, because of the algorithm just changed and you got to do so much more to get your post liked. Yeah. And, and that's hard for me. Cause like, I'm like, I, I'm not one of those people that like could just be this, this uh, kind of like, I don't even like a TV personality on social media all the time. Like, you know, cause I am in the trenches with these kids all the time. So, you know, if I'm, I'm not like, I'm a sad person all the time, right? but it's just energy. Like, right. 
Right? <laughs> yeah, it's you have so to have hard. energy to refuel. Well, a couple of things here. I want to um, bring your grandma through just a little bit. She is so proud of you and the work that you're doing. My voice is going a little bit. <clears throat> she is just so extremely proud of you. And I see you doing this work for a really long time. I see you growing it to have it as a a business like we were talking about that operates on all cylinders, not for the profit piece, but just to keep doing this. And she said this like four times as you get to be not like within the next 10 years, but maybe within the next like 10 to 15, 20 years, I see you bringing in other people's people to help with this. Like I see there being multiple different Spider-Mans who can be out at different hospitals. So I want you to keep that vision because I know for me, I, I know that I'm following my purpose, but in my day to day, I have the same self doubts where the egoic mind comes in hard and is like, well, how are you going to make payroll this month? Or how are you going to do this? And how, like, how's everything going to come together? But what spirit says is you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And just like you said earlier, if you take those small steps at the beginning, they got you here and you're just going to continue to take one step forward at a time and God's got your back the universe angels your grandma they're going to make sure that those steps are in place in front of you for every step that you need to take I want you to end with me here when I knew what my purpose was just like you had that dream and you knew like you knew like you knew there was no ounce of me that wanted to do anything else. It wasn't like there was any other choice. Like this was it. I wish everybody could experience that. But for other people that you, you've talked to in life, how do you give people the inspiration to take that leap of faith and go forward with their purpose? You know, the first part of taking a leap of faith is leaping yeah it's the separation from something that you're holding on to that's kind of holding you back um and so i always tell people that when i first started as spider-man i never thought in a million years even though it's been hard you know we talked about that but i never thought in a million years that i would be spider-man for kids like in such a powerful way as a living and it all, like you said, it's just steps. It's just steps. The little steps really matter. Um, nothing's to be overlooked. You have to really focus on the fundamentals and the little things and do them right and practice and keep doing it and, and spend time on your craft or whatever it is you, you love doing every single night or day, whenever you have time, no matter how tired you are from the job that you don't want, that does pay the bills to a life that you feel, obviously, that could be better. You have to give time to your dream and take your dreams and kind of shift them into seeing them more as goals. 
you know, and, and kind of split that up, take that big dream and, and turn it into a goal. And then once it's a goal, cut it up into pieces and, and those pieces become the, the, the uh, checkpoints. And once you're past a couple of checkpoints, you, you become just so like rejuvenated, like, wow, I could do this. So you, and the self-confidence just becomes so overwhelming. It's kind of like, Hey, you know, you might want to widen your doors because your head's going to get so big. Maybe you gotta, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you go to the gym or something, you feel that pump, you know, and it's like, you just, or whatever it is. And it's just the endorphins are just firing off big time. And, and that's how you know that you're supposed to do this for the rest of your life and with your life. And I, and I will say in closing with all this is that someone said this a long time ago and I forgot where I heard it from but it's been so powerful to me and it sustained me now eight years ago, but the cemetery and is, is the cemetery is filled with ideas that we'll never know with dreams that never came to fruition. And the only thing that's promised to us in this life is that the dash between the year, the year we were born and the year that we're going to pass away will someday represent our life, but don't let it be the only thing that represents your life. Yeah. Live so loudly. That's all I could say. Just live loudly as possible. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it, anything that you dream is, is super attainable. You just have to, you just have to put it in terms that doable. Ah. Mm -hmm. oh. Ricky, you are just an inspiration to all. We're going to put all the links in the show notes. Tell everybody where they can make a donation, where they can find you. Yeah, so the easiest link is uh, heartofahero.org. It's where it's a one-stop shop where you can see all, all stuff Heart of a Hero. That's the name of the organization that I founded. Um, the donation link is donorbox.org slash heartofahero. So it's, it's not that crazy. And then on social media, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, just, just uh, search heart of a hero and, and you'll see us pop up and on the page with, we're the page with Spider-Man. So. Yes. And such an inspirational page too. I see that uh, your posts come up and I think of them as angel stories, which we tell every Thursday here on the podcast. So if you want more of that heartfelt, just stories in your life, you should really follow Ricky over on Instagram. Links are in the show notes. Ricky, thank you so much for, for being here. Happy Hall Halloween to everybody listening and uh, happy Halloween from Spider-Man, right? This is too yeah. cool. Yeah, just as Spider-Man, your guys' muscles will be made with the little puffy cotton and everything, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Ricky. No problem. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. 
We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 